Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Mike Rosenberg from Columbia Credit Union. Mike says they trust what they see and hear on OPB, and that aligns with Columbia Credit Union's brand. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. We start today with the Portland graphic novelist Brina Bard. Her new novel is called Wildfire. It focuses on Juliana, an eighth grader in rural Oregon who is forced to flee her home because of a forest fire and then resettle in Portland when her house burns down. The book is written for middle grade readers, but with themes of anxiety, grief, anger, and action. The topics are now, sadly, universal. Brina Bard, congratulations and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. What made you want to write a book about climate change and wildfire in particular for a middle grade audience? Yeah, well, it wasn't my plan initially. I was... um getting ready to write another mystery adventure story. Um, That's more of my wheelhouse normally. And um, the year was 2020. If you remember that year, it was was a difficult year. And that kind of um, shifted my thinking to um, maybe talking about something a little bit more, um, well, serious. And then we had the week, uh, I think it was in August with the wildfires, where we were actually locked indoors, or we weren't locked indoors. We were uh, we had to stay indoors and uh, kind of tape the doors and windows because the air outside was so um, it was just off the charts toxic. And I, I still think of that as the worst time during a very bad time. It was that was still early on in the pandemic. And then and there was tear gas in the air, and then there was smoke. It was everything at once. Yeah, yeah. It really felt like we were getting kicked while we were down. And um, and it just so happened I had a call in the middle of that week. We were also on um, kind of high alert for a potential evacuation notice. So we, our family had our bags packed. We weren't on evacuation notice, but that was kind of where my head was at. And... Um, we had I had a call with my editor during the middle of that week, and I had pitched, like I said, another kind of adventure story to her, and she said, um, my editor, Andrea Colvin, said, um, that's, that's great, but what about something with a little more environmental focus? And she specif- specifically suggested the wildfires, um, and it just clicked in that moment, like, yeah, that makes sense, because I'd already been kind of rethinking the stories I wanted to tell, and this was just inescapable in our lives at the time. So, yeah, I sat down and and the story just kind of tumbled out. (laughs) I gave a a sentence or two version of the story in my intro, but can you describe what happens early on in the book? Yeah, I mean, it's I think in the first 20 pages or so, it happens pretty quickly that um, Juliana leaves her 4-H club where she's happily um, helping animals and working, you know, working the land, and she comes across some of her friends or one of her friends who's playing with fireworks, even though there's a burn ban. And by the time she gets home, there's been a, a wildfire has started. And yeah, by page 20, I think her family has evacuated. And we don't see the family's home on fire at any point, and we don't see, you know, those dramatic moments played out very in, in great depth. Um, well, we we do see them sorting through that with with you know minutes with their parents saying you you got to pack your clothes we're leaving. We we do see that briefly. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, an urgent uh, urgent scene, and I wanted to really. Um, 
yeah, just emphasize the 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 dread that surrounds an event like this. And then it's over um, after, well, it's not over. That particular event has passed and, and the rest of the story moves on to her, um, the aftermath and her kind of grappling with that loss and the role that her friend played in starting the fire and just where she goes moving forward from there. When I read the book, it was impossible for me not to think about the Eagle Creek fire of 2017, which was started by a, a teenager or a young person who apparently threw fireworks. The public, we've never learned um, the person's name, but they were largely vilified um, in, in print and on social media. Why was that something that you wanted to fictionalize? Yeah, I mean... When I said the story kind of came to me, that event definitely popped in my mind. Um, and I think like most Northwesterners, there was a lot of anger, um, just that something so foolish could cause so much destruction. And I think it, it was the first draft of my story. It was much more, um, much harsher treatment of that character. And really, he he got all of the, uh, he was kind of the, the punching bag to take all of the, the brunt of um, some of the lasting anger that I probably felt. Huh. And fortunately, um, I mentioned my editor, she came in and after reading the first draft said, you know what? This character is a child, and this character, um, you know, is a person. And I think it's important that we treat them with a little bit more grace. Um, and I, <laughs> I didn't like hearing that at first because, well, nobody likes to hear the edits at first. But, um, but I think it really did push me to, um, yeah, I to think about like. Should one moment, one mistake be quite as costly for anyone? And I know that happens, but... Um. Well, it sounds like here you're talking not just about what's best for the, the story you're writing, the graphic novel you're writing, but it seems like you're talking more broadly about a shift in the way you're thinking about what actually did happen in 2017. I mean, it seems like you're talking about both of those things. Yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely a part of me, as angry as I was, um, I can't help thinking about that person and the guilt um, that they must carry. Um, and and if their name does get out or if, it, you know, if, if information does um, come out about, and not just that particular person, any, um, any wildfire that's caused by human activity, um, it's, that's a rough road to, to go. And yeah, and I didn't want to center his story because it was Juliana's story always. Um, but I do think that taking time to, to hear more about his, the fullness of his experience, um, hopefully brought a little balance there. I mean, it did also occur to me that even though for me, there was this unmistakable echo of Eagle Creek, that was six years ago. Mm -hmm. And I can easily imagine that for, say, a 10-year-old reader of your book now, they they have no knowledge right. of that, which which really changed the way I thought about the book. And mm -hmm. in, in that sense, it's, it's a kind of, it's a made-up way that that the fire started it's it's not an echo of reality right right yeah and i think there are you know unfortunately there are going to be more instances like this um whether it's a firecracker or um a campfire or who knows but um yeah i i think they will become familiar with similar incidents and that gets to 
to part of your character, Juliana's progression? I mean, it's it's this complicated question of blame and complicity and and sort of and communal responsibility when it comes to climate change. What were you interested in exploring there? Yeah, I mean, I think Juliana's character begins in a place where it's not that she's not concerned for the environment, but it doesn't directly affect her. It doesn't impact her in her day-to-day life um, until suddenly it does. And I think I wanted to um, start from there to maybe talk to those, it, it included me. I didn't feel personally affected until the week that, like I said, we were we were scared. Um, we were ready to run. And I think it felt important for me to start her story there to give um, readers a chance to see um, moving from, not again, not apathy, but maybe just um, it's not my concern into okay it is it is my concern and it's it's the whole planet's concern it's all of humanity's concern and there's no more time to to wait around we need to to get into action if you're just tuning in my guest is the graphic novelist brina bard her new novel is called wild fire she'll be talking about the book at powell's on saturday september 30th how did you choose the name juliana for your main character (laughs) I have no idea. It just it just popped into my head. I feel like it's the, the the cliche of a lot of authors will talk about the characters that just kind of are waiting in the wings, ready to to jump into action. And she I was there. To, I have to ask. I asked because I was curious if it had anything to do with the Juliana of Juliana v. U.S., which is this climate change lawsuit brought by 21 young people um, in Oregon in federal court eight years ago. And so when I, when I heard Juliana and I heard climate change, I thought of that. Um, But, but it's interesting to to know that that's just, it's just coincidence. Maybe that was, that was out there and meant to, that connection was meant to happen. I don't know. (laughs) Um, There are, so in, in your character's progression, she joins a, a conservation club in her high school, largely at first just because it's a way to hang out with some new friends in her new school, which she doesn't really know anybody. Um, but in the context of that club, she ends up learning a lot about um, about climate change, about pollution, um, about conservation. And so there are some passages that deal with some of the, the basics of the science and of, of what's happening. How did you think about the balance between that information that that she's learning and that readers take in and then just propelling the narrative forward. Yeah, that was a that's a tricky balance to strike because there's so much information. Um, and one thing that I kept in mind is that if these are middle grade readers, they're probably learning a lot of the same information in their science classes. Um, so I didn't feel like I needed to go too deep. Um, but I did want to give the basics. And it was helpful to have um, the club, the the teacher, the club advisor is one of the teachers at the school, and she could kind of present the information, hopefully in a way that didn't feel um, too preachy, but more just here's our lesson today. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of the book is about the the slow and sort of um, not even process of Juliana processing her grief, even even just admitting what happened. She doesn't tell her, her classmates and her friends in Portland that, that her house burned down um, for a very long time, not, mm-hmm. not to give anything away to the people listening now. 
Um, so this is about you know processing grief and trauma. What were you interested in exploring? I think um, the thing about grief that's been so interesting for me to learn about is just how nonlinear it is. And if you take that and apply it to a child who their logic and their reasoning tends to be more linear and more um, concrete and the confusion that would result when you don't have those that clear path to everything's OK now. Um, and. Yeah, I think, you know, I think hopefully parents and teachers that read along can can relate to some of that, too. It doesn't seem like the parents, they're, they're very well-meaning, um, they're kind people, but you don't, you didn't create characters that do a great job at the beginning of of helping her through her grief. They're, they're muddling through also. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> um, well, as a parent, I think... It, it seems like important to me to represent just reality. Like parents aren't parents aren't perfect, um, and I think to have examples of that. And like you said, they're well-meaning. They're they want the best for their their daughters, but they're doing it the best way they know how. And things have changed so much. I think in how. Uh, what we know about grief and mental health in general, like we do need to have um, room for conversations and her parents are much more, um, let's just move on and... and um, right. The, the, what they basically say is that we, we thought that by not really talking about this, by putting on brave faces ourselves and not even showing that we're grieving or sad or angry or confused that 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 we will help you by by not showing you what we're going through right right yeah which i think that's that would be my impulse too as a parent you want to protect your children and um but i think like being able to see that even these imperfect characters still they do take action her parents are the ones that are going to the the climate protests before she's even comfortable doing that and they're the ones that suggest um they're very encouraging of her joining the conservation club and um yeah just always kind of suggesting activism as a way to process some of her grief um i think that's that's helpful that's pretty good good advice in the mix it's just sure, I don't, all I don't, she needs. I don't, yeah. I don't mean to say yeah. that they're bad parents. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you like about the age that you're writing for, m- middle grade readers? I think it's such a fun age because they're getting to the point where um, they really understand story and they really understand um, complex characters. And you can... Um, take things a little farther with them than early early readers. And, you know, this isn't a short book. It's asking a decent amount of attention and, and energy of young readers. Um, but it's, yeah, it's still, there's still an innocence, I guess. Um, maybe that's not the right word, but there's a, there's still a room for hope, maybe, that, that um, the stories that I write for this age group, they're, they're just getting started with their lives and they can take these stories into the rest of their lives. And that's pretty, pretty amazing. Oh, it, <laughs> it is, but it, it's, it's so dispiriting even just to, cause I guess maybe you didn't say this, but when you said that they're, they're still capable of hope, I guess I just, I can't help but think that the implication is that by high school or soon after mm-hmm. they, they, we lose that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? I think it's it's a it's hard not to. Yeah. Um, I think we can learn from them, though, and we can 
hold on to that, the hope. And but I don't think it happens by just sitting around and hoping for things to get better. I think it has to be hand in hand with taking action, whatever that looks like for for any individual. One of the the big messages of the book that that you were saying earlier is that two things. One, that engagement and action and activism, they, they can look different for everyone, but but that the act of doing something can be um, beneficial for us, especially if uh, if we're talking about something like climate grief. Um, do you consider yourself an activist at this point? <laughs> I am. Um, I'm a big introvert. So I think um, the part of Juliana's character that feels overwhelmed by um, getting out in the crowd and being loud and doing a lot of that stuff. Um, I think that is difficult for me. So I haven't labeled myself as an activist, but then one of my friends recently said, yeah, but you did write a book about, you know, that handles climate change and that's a kind of activism on its own. Um, and I think that's, that's what I, want to lean into is just like the characters in the book have to learn we all have to find our own really specific to to us our own way of of engaging in activism and i guess i maybe have found that <laughs> brina bard congratulations and thanks very much thank you brina bard is a portland cartoonist and graphic novelist her new novel is called wildfire she'll be talking about the book at powell's on saturday september 30th